Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the One Man's Opinion podcast that's sweeping the nation. How's everybody doing? How about this bonus episode, two in one week? How's that for you? That's right. That's how we roll. That's what we're all about. You know, the initial uh, plan was to do this podcast and roll them out two, three, four a week. And then this little quarantine situation came about. We had the coronavirus running rampant around the world, around the country, and everything else, and had to slow things down. So to those who've been downloading that been commenting and listening and I do so appreciate it guys. And for those who've been enjoying it, we're going to get this podcast ramped back up uh, starting this week, obviously and start getting more of these out there, more topics that you guys want to hear. This is episode 18 of one man's opinion. I am Jeff Bans. You could find me over at leapfantasy.com.com, fantasyguru.com, all things seasonal, the fantasy football draft guide, Speaking of podcasts, I'll be doing a draft guide podcast here coming up very, very shortly, uh, less than a week away at this point right now, everybody over at fantasyguru.com. While you're there, the fantasy baseball redraft guide is now out and available for you over there. Uh, current subscribers get that for free, obviously. EliteSportsBetting.com for all your sports betting needs. Follow me on social media, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and of course, my favorite over there on TikTok. What's my last video there? Gardner Minshew. I uh, went a little bit of a rant on Gardner Minshew on there. I think I owe my TikTok folks another video here sooner rather than later. But let's dive into it. So today, as you can tell by the title, today is about the return of sports. Sports are back, folks. The quarantine life that we talked about a few episodes ago, it has come, it has gone. Yes, part of the world, part of our country, certain segments, we are still in quarantine. We're still restricted in one way, shape, or form. But folks, we're breaking out of it. It, it, We've gotten to the summer months. We have gotten, um, we've lowered the curve. Uh, Hopefully in the areas you guys reside, the, the curve is all but gone as well. That's not to say People won't get sick. That's not to say COVID-19 is done and it's gone. It's a thing in the past. No, it's something we're still going to have to deal with. I want that to be the backdrop for what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to celebrate the return of professional sports across the the world, not just in the United States, but in places like uh, Germany, Japan, Korea, um, Italy that was hit so hard with the coronavirus just a couple of months ago are getting back to some semblance of normalcy. Sports are coming back in those areas as well. I'm going to give you guys updates. I'm going to give you details. I'm going to give you dates and times to, uh, to be able to enjoy these sporting events and welcome them back. I'm also going to talk a little bit about all different fantasy elements and betting elements here as well when it, as it pertains to all the sports as well. But I want the backdrop to be, I I say this all the time on the podcast, I feel like, and I want us all to be adults. I want us all to be human fucking beings. And I don't know why it's so difficult for people so often to be a human being. We understand that what has happened, this, this pandemic has been nuts. It's crazy. It's unlike anything anybody's ever seen. So why do we get so mad at each other? Why are we fighting in stores? Why are we yelling at people who are or, or are not wearing masks? Ever, can't everybody just obey the rules? Like the government makes the rules. You don't have to agree with it. Oh, that's why we vote. That's why you get into your political rants. Go do that. But in the meantime, you obey the fucking rules, right? That's what a fucking society is. I'm getting pissed already. We're three minutes in. I'm fucking furious already. Can't people just obey rules? I mean, is it kindergartners obey rules? You know, I don't agree with the rules. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you agree. You know, that if you don't agree, effect change. You vote the right people in. Decide what those course of actions are. Tell your 
leadership, what you want and what you don't want. Fight for it. Don't just stomp your feet and break rules because you don't agree with them. Fits the rules, you obey them. Bottom line, I don't care. None of you, none of my audience, that's for damn sure, none of us are medical experts, professionals. None of us are trained pandemic experts. So shut the fuck up. You can have your opinions, but you're not, I'm not listening to any of you. No offense. Love you guys, the listeners at least, but I don't give a shit what your opinion is about my health because that doesn't really matter. What matters is what's best for me, my family, my surrounding, my community, people around me right now, right? When it comes to this virus. Okay, I care about other things you may think of, but not that. So let's get that off the bat straight. We can all be adults. We can all be normal people and wear our masks or not wear our masks or social distance or not social distance. We can make those decisions, right? And if the communities we reside in, if people feel more comfortable being distanced and not having you breathe in their face, then don't breathe in their face. If people say it's you can't go to the grocery store without a mask, wear a mask. Pretty easy, pretty simple. Be human beings. Again, you don't like it, vote down. Remember it. If somebody, if they say you need to wear a mask and you don't believe in it, then fine. Don't vote for those people next time around. That's your, that's where you have your power. Okay. You don't have the power to not do it because if you went out and got somebody else sick, then you're an asshole. Just a pure fucking asshole. Okay. That's it. That's how you are. I'm sorry. And I am too. If I go out and do it and decide, oh, I'm going to go cough on somebody, or I'm going to go cough in the air in the vicinity of somebody and somebody gets sick and God forbid, you know, they perish. I mean, what kind of monster of a human being am I? I am. So with that being said, this isn't the end of it. We've lessened the curve. There is no cure. It's not going to go away. COVID-19 is something that's going to live and be around us for years, if not forever. It could be forever. We don't know if there'll ever be a vaccine that completely cures it or, or any kind of cure. So with that, definitely in the year 2020, we're going to see that curve go back up. We're going to see more people get sick. We're going to see more people pass away. That's going to happen. Okay? So again, be human beings. Take responsibility. Do what the right thing to do is. Distance masks, whatever it may be, but let's get back to some semblance of normal life. It's not going to be like it was. It, guys, it's not going to be like it was last year, right? 2019, oh, Christmas, I did that. it's not going to be like that again. Not going to happen. Understand that. And that's the same with sports, right? And sports are not going to be the way they were before. Get that through your thick, hairy skull, right? Anybody else still need a haircut? I know I am. Good Lord. Getting, uh, I can barely, my headphones barely fit on. I think I have headphones inside my hair at this point, but sports are not going to be the way they were before. Life is not going to be like the way they were before. Um, sports are starting to open up across the, the world. Okay. And we've seen that. Um, the first sport to really come back. Okay. Was the UFC ultimate fighting championship. Dana White, the the head of that, the CEO of UFC, he almost came back and had fights in April. And then um, the United States uh, politicians and that decided, you know, it's really best. They urged him and begged him, please give it another month. Let it just let it wait out. Let's lower the curve and all that before you come back. Dana White agreed. He came back a few weeks ago and threw three great events in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, Here's the, the part that I don't know if many of you understand or not. You realize that a fighter that was scheduled on that very first card and two of his training staff came down with COVID-19? It's true. Two or three people that were going to be part of that first Jacksonville UFC uh, card was, came down with COVID-19. And what happened they, meet, they had masks on when they did the weigh-in. They social distanced initially because the guy's test had that fighter. His test had not come back. Everybody else, they got up in each other's face because they got tested. They got their temperature taken. They were fine. They got to go around each other. The ones who didn't stayed, stood back. It 
proved that that simple task, folks, that simple little thing paid off tremendously. Why? Because nobody else got sick. Because nobody else got sick despite the fighter being in the same room with a couple of reporters and personnel and the other fighter and everything else. So they had a bout of that right off the bat. They handled it. Social distance, mask, save the day. Simple, very easy. And guess what? We got three great cards of UFC as a result of it. And now we got another fight night coming up uh, as we're recording this uh, two days from now in Las Vegas, where they're again going to take precaution and use masks and testing and everything else. And then we've got UFC, uh, what UFC 240, I think it's 240 or 250 coming up in, in two weeks from that or in, in two weeks from now. So, and that's a huge card, another huge card, right? And then they're thinking about opening up fight Island here in a couple of months as well. And UFC is going to roll all the way through summer. Got Conor McGregor talking about, uh, you know, scheduling matches and trying to pick fights with people. So a lot, coming down the pike with the UFC. Now, Bundesliga, how about that, Duke? How about that? I just nailed it. German Soccer League. They were the second, they were the first major sports league to reopen. And they reopened after three, four weeks of saying they were reopening and delaying it, saying it and delaying it. They weren't ready with their testing. They weren't ready with their policies, everything else. Eventually, Bundesliga opened up first freaking week. Uh, several members, I don't know the exact number, came down with COVID-19. That wound up had the virus. What'd they do? Social distanced the whole time. As soon as they tested positive, went into quarantine. What happened? Nobody else got sick. Bundesliga's been playing for two weeks now with no other outbreak, no other cases of COVID-19, right? Simple. Easy precautions. We are now, when something is brand new, it's always hard to deal with. We don't know what we're getting into. We don't know, we're afraid, and rightfully so. But we've been living with COVID 19 for really about six months now in different parts of the world. And here in the United States, where I'm recording this podcast, it, we've been dealing with it since February, so about four months or so now. We get the idea of what it is. All of us have read enough research on the topic. We have seen it. We've been around, uh, you know, people, whether it's a grocery store, a doctor's office, a gas station, wherever. We haven't all been in strict isolation. We've come around other people before. And we've learned how to deal with things, whether it be masks and distancing and just not coughing. If you're coughing, stay at home, stay in a dungeon. If you're sneezing, even seasonal allergies, just stay away. Right, stay away from people. It's okay. All of our jobs have been very well, not all of them. Many jobs have been forgiving of time missed. And if you're sick, they don't want you there anyway. Granted, businesses are suffering. That's absolutely true. And we'll talk about that when we get to Major League Baseball. But we know what to, to make of it. We know the precautions to take. We know how the little things we can do to not to lower the curve, to not put each other in harm's way. Bundesliga, the German Soccer League, by the way, $15,000 winner and a $6,000 winner, both over uh, at Bundesliga this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, this week, during the week at EliteFantasy.com, part of our Daily Fantasy Soccer package over there. It's included with the VIP. Uh, Radio 20, if you want a little discount there, if you want to go and get that soccer money. Uh, so German soccer is uh, opening up. Speaking of soccer, everybody, English Premier League just earlier uh, today announced that they'll be coming back June 17th, just a couple of weeks from this recording as well. English Premier League starting back up in, in uh, obviously, in the United Kingdom and all over England there. So uh, United Kingdom. And then also Syria A, Italian soccer. Italy, remember when the United States first started locking down, when we first started quarantining and people not going to work and everything else, at that time, Italy was the most infested country in the world. They were in worse shape than China. It was running rampant over there in Italy. 
Italy, unbeknownst to media, has made a great recovery. They started taking the virus much more serious. They started taking proper precaution. All of a sudden, Serie A, the Italian Soccer League, they're opening June 20th, everybody. Very, very excited about that to all of our Italian listeners and those of you in Italy. Just a great, great sign that the worst is ideally over. And again, I keep saying it, going to have outbreaks. We're going to have people need to be quarantined. We're going to have people testing positive. But as long as the precautions are taken, it's going to be a good thing. So soccer is looking very good. Here in the United States, back here, NASCAR started just a, a couple of weeks ago as well. A couple of races at Darlington Raceway, Charlotte Raceway now here as well in the mix. We've had some bad weather. It hasn't been uh, positive weather for some of these NASCAR races, some postponements and the like. But nevertheless, NASCAR is back. And again, pretty easy sport. Nobody's in the stands, by the way, for any of these events. Same with English Premier and Syria A, right? They're all going to be televised and, and live streamed and whatnot. Same with NASCAR on TV, but no fans in the stands. There's only crew workers and essential personnel there anyway but no outbreaks whatsoever with NASCAR. Before that, even NASCAR did the iRacing. They ran some races virtually on, uh, with simulators and uh, on uh, all different tracks and whatnot. So, I mean, NASCAR has been getting after it pretty much since, uh, since mid-April when you count the iRacing stuff and now they're in the cars and going and, you know, there's no stopping them, no outbreaks, no issues at NASCAR whatsoever another great sport by the way for daily fantasy players and dfs players and uh, i know my father-in-law is in a uh, seasonal nascar league where you you pick your drivers at the start of the year you get two moves at some time you get to dump a driver and pick somebody up and, and whatnot so his league has restarted i know that and you know we're getting back after not only are we getting back to our regularly scheduled races and NASCAR we're getting more races than we have in a long time you know they went to Darlington had the Sunday race and then a Wednesday race and Charlotte did the same thing here this week as well I know Bristol's coming up as well um, we'll get back onto a Sunday uh, Sunday Wednesday type uh, I think Bristol's just on Sunday the last day of May so the 31st then they go to Atlanta and then you get uh, a couple at Martinsville. You know, you get a midweek race. So they're interjecting some Wednesday races here as well. Give us sports fans more to watch, more to see. So let's see, month of June, if we counted the May 31st race here, I'm looking at the NASCAR schedule, um, seven races, seven races in the month of June. From May 31st on, I should say. Pretty good. Just a good little run in June. So, again, get a lot of bang for your buck from a fantasy standpoint, from a betting standpoint as well, just from a fan standpoint as well. A lot of great sporting events to watch there at the NASCAR level. Uh, Pro Golfer Association, PGA, returning June 11th at the Colonial. Uh, that, I already know, DraftKings has a million-dollar million maker there. We, over at EliteFantasy.com, a little uh, promo, everybody. We have revamped our golf coverage 180 degrees, essentially. We have added so much golf because golf is going to be huge over the coming weeks and months ahead. There's a, they're trying to uh, recapture the uh, obviously masters was postponed to the fall um, a lot of the big events have been moved backwards into the summer into the fall even some winter like or not quite winter not december but like november events as well pga is going to try to put on as many events as they possibly can as well and some of these pga events initially will not have fans in in there but they're talking as if even though there's some rumors of the Colonial being the first public sporting event 
that to come on since uh, COVID-19, where the, the general public could buy tickets and go into it socially distanced, of course. And there would be rules and everything else. And I don't think that's a doubt that would happen with the Colonial, but future events in the PGA, very, very possible. So golf may be the first sport that actually get, allows fans to be in attendance here as well. Speaking of, the, of golfing, how many of you watched the match between Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning versus the team of Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson. I watched it. I absolutely loved it. I'm not a big golf fan. I've talked about it before, um, the, the story of why I don't like golf so much. If not, I'll recap it for you guys here. The, uh, my grandfather passed away when I was like 12, 12 years old, I, I believe. And when he did, he left me his golf clubs. And it, I had never golfed in my life. We were not, the Manzas were not wealthy folks, if you will. We didn't belong to the country club. But um, at that point, I got a set of clubs. My brother was an avid golfer. My older brother, who's 18 years, 19 years older than I am, he uh, started taking me golfing then since I had my own clubs and we went to some public courses. And then I kind of got the itch and fell in love with the sport. I started going to the local parks and um, like, I want to say Prairie. I was in Illinois, so it's the Prairie State. But I used to make my own golf courses, like my own holes. I would just go get a uh, what they call a, uh, a hole digger and put it in the ground and grind, you know, dig into the earth and, uh, make that the hole, you know, for, and then go march, measure out 200, 300 yards away. And uh, me and my buddies would just make our own like one hole golf course. And we did that a lot. So really loved the sport of golf for a number of years. And then Tiger Woods happened. And Tiger Woods is the greatest thing that ever happened to golf. And I don't just deny that, but he's also the worst thing that ever happened to golf because it got too popular. It gained so much popularity. Me and my brother used to be able to go to these little rinky-dink golf courses around uh, our neighborhood, out in DuPage County, Illinois, right? And we would be able to get, you play 50 cents a hole. It's like five bucks for nine-hole golf course, you know, twilight hours, things like that. Very worshipped, buck a hole, 18 bucks to play 18 holes. Awesome. You know, I mean, for me and my brother, that's pretty expensive, but it's not it's not so expensive. I know now everyone goes cheap. Right. And then Tiger Woods happened, and Tiger Woods got popular, and it became five bucks a hole or three bucks a hole minimum. And all of a sudden, you had to pay $27 for nine holes. And you had to pay, you know, hundred dollars for 18 holes. And it was like, well, forget this shit. You know, it just and the worst part wasn't even the money aspect of how expensive golf became the worst part is it, it used to be relaxing when i was growing up golf was a leisure sport you used to relax you, you used to take time and you used to you'd be on the course and enjoy the sun and the, the the wind at your back and whatever no after tiger woods golf courses they did. They loaded up the tee times every three minutes. New to, and then pace of play, pace of play, pace of play, pace of play, pace of play. Everybody yelling at each other. Everybody's in a rush. They're trying to squeeze in nine holes, squeeze in eighteen holes. Like no, it was never liked. It. It, it, it got so frustrating, so frustrating that I just fell out of love with the sport. Like not only are the racial and terribly racist undertones of golf, Augusta National, where the Masters are, just the name, the Master, the whole thing just feels a little dirty and icky. It, it does like when even when I was growing up, you know, white privilege, ish, just you know, that's not something I'm really into uh, at all. I just I kind of. Just nah, not for me. I don't want the uppity stuck up, whatever. You you can go to a a golf course and slum it, and you know the grass is trimmed, but it's not perfect. And you know that that to me is where it's at. You're not paying your twenty thirty. You're not paying thirty bucks for nine holes of golf at a shitty course. Like no, man, that that's just not for me. You're not jamming everybody together, and you have to dress this way, and you have to go fast and quick. Eh, fuck that. So I fell out of, you know, just done with golf at that point. 
But I loved the match. I loved everything about it because why? It was back to my the glory days. It was even though Tiger Woods is there and he's popular, there weren't other people pushing them. There weren't pace of play. They were laughing. They were joking. They were loose. Phil Mickelson's explaining why he's hitting this part of the green as opposed to that part of the green. What what angle he's taking of the club. You know, they were betting each other money and, and trash talking. If every golf event was like the match and people were mic'd up and heckling each other a little bit and it was loose and open, I would be the biggest fan. I would be a big, big fan. So I loved the event. I don't, I don't, I know, by the way, the other thing about golf, you can't applaud really. If this distracts you, for one, you're an asshole. For two, you're a weak-minded fool. Clapping. You can't, oh, don't, don't sneeze in my backstroke, man. Don't make, don't make noise in my backstroke, man. Bullshit. You're in a tiny little ball, you know, 400 yards away trying to pluck it in a hole. You really going to matter if I, you know, if there's some ambient noise behind you? Go fuck yourself. No way. No way. Mm-mm. Don't buy into that whatsoever. Like golf, I just, oh, it's, so much wrong with it though it could be so much better um so there we go other sports though that have uh are returning now or at least in the near future um the nhl nhl announced it just this week that they plan on returning 24 it's already been approved by the organization and the players association i should say ownership and players association they are going to return. It won't be till July, though. So NHL's kind of got a good plan. By the way, hey, Major League Baseball, hey, NBA even, college athletics, can you guys just, like, watch what's going on with the NHL, how easy it was for them? They discussed things. The players took less money. Owners took less money, of course. You know, they said, all right, we're going to plan, but we're going to give it a month. We're going to give it instead of, you know, a couple weeks. We're going to give it a full six weeks of prep time just to make sure. But July 1st, training camp's open again for NHL. 24 teams will play. They canceled the rest of the regular season. The top four teams will play each other, a round-robin format, three games apiece. And the, those teams will, then be, will uh, get the seeded, top seeds, one, two, three, and four, right? So that's how that will go. The other 16 teams will play uh, best of five series to move on. And then those four top teams with the remaining teams uh, in the round of 16 will move on to the, the second round, and then they'll play a regular NHL playoff at that time. So, again, we're going to get NHL well into the months of August and September, it appears. Um, at least through the month of August. So maybe into September. So that's, I mean, it's great for sports fans, right? Obviously great for NHL fans, great for hockey. Uh, one caveat though, there, something interesting that I came across in the research for the NHL's return is they announced several different uh, cities that they're going to, this, all this is going to take place in two cities. I should have mentioned that at the start. Two cities will host all 24 teams. All right, so that's the way they're going to go. The only problem, though, um, they're going, by the way, 28-man rosters for in this as well that they're adding. So they're adding some there. Canada and their strict Canada's testing policies will not allow for teams, that many players, to be all in the same city. So... It's likely to be two American U- United States cities um, that host the, the uh, host the twenty four teams. So that's the way that's going to go down. I found that interesting because you think, oh, well, Canada's similar to the United States, and yes, they have socialized medicine, but that just means you don't pay insurance, and everybody can go and get cheap uh, drugs and everything else. No, that means that the testing regimen is evidently a lot more 
um, profound than what is in the United States. A lot more testing, mandatory testing, a lot more hoops you have to jump through in order to get that socialized medicine uh, and uh, insurance. So that leaves uh, 24 teams all in the United States. So I found that to be a little, little strange, not that strange, but just, you know, kind of shamed us as Americans. Didn't it shame you guys a little bit? Shamed me as like, oh, we used to have nice things too, but, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield pretty much is done. You know, it, it cost, if you're in the hospital, it costs $42 for an aspirin. And God, man, our healthcare system's a goddamn joke. All right. Uh, so NHL coming back. Very good news right there. What about the remaining sports? Well, the NBA. <sighs> NBA was the Rudy Gobert situation, um, center for the Utah Jazz, and he's the guy that touched all the microphones when he had a little bit of a cough um, one day in March, early March, and the next thing you know, he tested positive for uh, the coronavirus, and that shut down. That single event pretty much shut down the NBA and all of sports. Because at that point, it was real. At that point, everything became serious and sports were outright canceled because nobody could afford that nightmare. Not politically, not, uh, not you know, economically. They just couldn't afford that kind of outbreak. So NBA is being real cautious on their return, and rightfully so. They have open training camp or uh, facilities, I should say. Now, NBA has likely Steve Kerr's come out. The Golden State Warriors, who had the worst record in the NBA, basically said their season's, for all intents and purposes, over. And he's told his players that and everything else. So that it's going to be a playoff only, much like the NHL. They're going to cancel the end of the regular season, and they're going to put into place some sort of playoff format we wanted those of us who missed out on march madness would love to see nba style uh you know um uh, field where a tournament where you know best two out of three maybe or maybe it'll be three out of five or whatever it's done but that would be pretty cool with uh eastern and western conference sort of combined and all that don't know if that's going to happen they rumored that you know, months ago, month and a half ago, but um, doesn't look like they're going to do it. It looks like whatever the, set, the league set up, the playoff format will be likely is going to be by the Eastern and Western Conference uh, lines as well. So uh, teams like the uh, Portland Trailblazers, the Dallas Mavericks, um, they have all opened up facilities. Uh, only facilities not open are in major metropolitan areas, such as any every team in California uh, not open. The Boston Celtics, the Bulls in Chicago, had the Knicks in New York. They are not open yet. Washington Wizards haven't opened up their uh, facilities either. Most other facilities, though, are indeed open, and NBA players are back to work and training and, and working out and all those things. So a return is going to happen. It won't be until July at least, but NBA needs to because of how much they set everything back by ignoring testing policies and ignoring the coronavirus at the outset and not their fault. We all did it. I did it. I sent out a shitty tweet that kind of compared coronavirus to West Nile virus and different things. I was wrong, you know, and I, I did a podcast about this not too long ago where people are like, oh, dude, it's uh, that doesn't uh, hold up well, or um, what's the thing that didn't age well. It's not supposed to. And I'm not deleting it. I'm not going to delete it. I'm not going to ever pretend I didn't feel the way that I felt. But again, human beings change. We learn, we grow, we mature, whatever it is. We have emotions, right? I'm not apologizing for thinking the coronavirus wasn't 
that big of a deal or wasn't any different than West Nile virus or um, the first outbreak of SARS and, you know, all these things that we've had over the past 20 years. I sent out a tweet about it and I've gotten a lot of hate about it back at me, but I stand by my words. That's how I felt at that time. Second change. Do I wish I didn't feel that way at the time? Fuck yeah. Of course I do. Of course. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to delete history like some sort of wuss. No, that's how I felt. I feel differently. I felt differently three weeks later. Completely different. I felt 180 degrees different probably six weeks later, right? And uh, that's just how it is. So the NBA has some PR to deal with when it comes to their return. And they will take a long look at all the different styles. And NBA likely is going to fill in gaps where the NHL and even maybe Major League Baseball, which we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, whatever cities they choose to start up in, if they're going to start in all regular host cities, if everybody's going to be able to play out of their home or not, um, we'll see. But I think the NBA might be last to actually announce. (laughs) Well, Provided there is a Major League Baseball season, which we'll talk about again in a few moments. So that's the NBA. Now we got some, uh, well, let's, let's do NFL. The NFL, it, nothing stops the NFL. I've talked about this, said it on the Sirius XM show. Again, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Sirius 210 XM 87, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, I host that show every day, 3 to 5 on Elite Sports. and. There's nothing will slow down the NFL. NFL is too powerful. NFL is power, more powerful than most governments in the world. That's the truth. It's scary. It's hard to believe in some aspects, but it's the, it's the truth. There's nothing more powerful than the NFL as far as in, in the United States, especially. There's nothing. Nothing is more powerful than that. No sports league. It's not remotely. The NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball combined, not even a quarter of the power that the NFL has. Why? NFL is the most popular sport. It's the most popular sport by a lot. It continues to grow. Revenues for the NFL through the roof and everywhere from tickets and attendance. Even though attendance isn't up, it's actually down at games slightly but they forced the tickets to be sold. And by forcing the tickets to be sold, they make all that money no matter what's guaranteed paid. The fact that you have local businesses willing to buy thousands and thousands of tickets for tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars just for the, the right so that their commercials are broadcast during the timeouts during the local NFL games are in, is insane but it tells you how important those commercials are how important those advertising dollars are because they work because the NFL is a gold mine and it, it's just such a strong organization um, that there's no stopping it and during this time NFL coronavirus was in China and happening throughout the NFL playoffs in January and the Super Bowl this, uh, this, this past year as well, in, in early February, coronavirus was starting to impact much of Eastern Europe and Europe uh, during that Super Bowl in early, mid-February and started, you know, started getting some confirmed cases late in February here in the United States. NFL had a lot of decisions to make. They had a lot of opportunities to delay, cancel, or change they're the NFL combine, well, the, the postseason NFL game, East-West Shrine game. They didn't do anything to it. The uh, Senior Bowl, they didn't do it. NFL combine, they didn't do it. NFL free agency, they didn't do it. They didn't, they didn't cancel it. They delayed free agency by, I believe it, no, they didn't delay it at all, as a matter of fact. If I'm recall, they might have delayed it a couple days. They did that to um, um, some draft workout stuff. Uh, they had an opportunity to uh, to do that. They didn't. Then one of the biggest events of the offseason, the biggest event of the offseason, notice, by the way, the NFL is a year-round sport now. When they're not playing their games, they have something, whether it's their, whether it's the college bowl games, the 
um, players coming into the NFL, the combine, free agency, trade deadlines, transition tags, OTAs, the NFL draft. It's just, there's constantly, that's why they're so good. The NFL is such a great organization because um, they are constantly in front of their fans. They never go away. So the NFL draft, they could have easily done, canceled that. They didn't. They did a virtual draft and they did a hell of a job. They did an amazing job with it. Roger Goodell was spot on. The first time he ever looked like a human being in his life, but, you know, sitting in his chair like Mr. Rogers and virtual high-fiving and fist bumping and singing and dancing and, I mean, recording TikToks with, uh, I think it was Jerry Judy. I mean, it was, it was a great event. And it happened on time. They didn't delay it. So the NFL hasn't delayed anything. They're not planning on delaying anything. They are planning on delaying mini camps and OTAs, I should say. But they're not canceling anything. Training camp's on as usual. And they've been saying, all right, well, maybe we delay training camp. Maybe we shorten it. Maybe OTAs we just don't do and all that. Except that was three, four weeks ago. In the last week and a half, if you've been paying attention, the NFL is saying, well, we'll delay teams' facility. We'll keep facilities closed for team personnel through the middle of June. But come middle of June... We're likely to see teams open up facilities and the NFL to have organized team activities. That's what OTA stands for, by the way. And mini camps where they work out with these rookies get into camp and they start installing the offense and the defense and coaches have meetings and, and all of that. It's the beginning of everything. Then they'll take a couple of weeks off and then training camp opens at the end of July. And again, testing is going to be important. NFL is one of those games like baseball um, even hockey, you get masks and stuff and NBA doesn't have nearly as many players and soccer is pretty spread out. And UFC is only two football is 11. There's 22 people on a field at a time. Can't really social distance if you're a, a center in the national football league. So testing is going to be important. Evaluating, seeing who's got a cough, who's sneezing, who's sick, who's got a fever, all that shit is going to be so important. But I, I'm, I have uber confidence in the NFL. Why do I have that confidence? Because they always do it. They're so on top of things, it's not even funny. It's not, the NFL is always ahead of their market. They know what their market wants. They know what the market needs. They know what their fans want. They know what the players want. And are they perfect? No freaking way. No way. But they know what they have to do. The, in, business, in a business sense and these deals that they've formed with everywhere from the overseas games, um, you know, NFL in, in London and Mexico City and their um, direct TV packages for the Sunday ticket to the Game Pass, you know, live streaming. There are deals with Facebook and Twitter in the past and other social media outlets. They have so many money-making revenue sources. It's just absolutely absurd. They're always ahead of it. And they're going to be ahead of this. They have more money than any other sports organization. So when they are able to have a plethora of tests and medical personnel will be on site, I guarantee at training camps, everything else, NFL is going to do it. They're going to do it right. They will not risk. Nobody's going to be risked. There's... <laughs> You're talking about six to ten billion dollars in a season, right? Whereas like Major League Baseball is a couple hundred million, which hundred millions are big, no doubt. But it's not billions and billions of dollars that will crumble an entire economy, a entire country's economy, like the NFL would do if they were uh, somehow not to play in 2020. It would cripple the American economy. Absolutely got it, and so many different ways. So I have no worries or concerns about the NFL at all. What, what else? Here's one other thing. I was talking about how ahead of the game the NFL is. Now, the NFL's lucky that this outbreak happened after this season. There's no question. They, they were fortunate in that regard. But, 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 um, they are also, uh, the way they, they did their schedule is that if there is another outbreak and they need to delay the season anymore, they have already had plan A, B, C, and D. They have four pivots to make within 
their schedule. Oh, that's another thing they didn't delay. The schedule, they were, when schedules released three weeks ago, people were saying, oh, you don't want to release your schedule because what if you have to postpone or do this or do that? They said, nah, we're going straight ahead and doing it. And, and so they did, but they built in the first four weeks could be moved to the last four weeks. Simple. That's it. The second four weeks could be moved to the last four weeks. They can move the first eight weeks, first half the season, regular season, to the back half, and everything will else will fall in line. Season will extend. Super Bowl moves back four to eight weeks as well. No, they they have it all lined up in case things go awry or they have to move or pivot. They have uh, fallouts in place in case they certain teams all the bye weeks match up. By the way, teams who play each other, that's they they all have the same bye week in those weeks. So. It all works out. It's all very manageable. They have escape plans in place. That's what good organizations do. So the NFL, I have, there's zero concern whatsoever with them. College sports, oh boy, college sports is a tough one. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago even, we were being told that uh, NCAA uh, football Basketball, nah, not going to happen. Going to lose billions of dollars for the NCAA as well. All of a sudden, we got that news on a Friday. By that following Monday, they were putting out stories how certain facilities and schools were opening up. Now, I know I have a daughter's going to school here in the fall as well. They've already canceled uh, in-room class. They're they're assigning labs and things all uh, different. They're, They're spreading them out to social distance. All lectures are taking place online. So I know that's happening across the country. I don't know what college football is going to look like. There was talks of maybe it'll be next spring. They'll put off the the season to the spring. Doesn't look like that's actually going to happen. But they they see they'll play some form of college football this uh, summer and fall and winter. But they don't think they'll need to go into the spring as well. What does that mean for basketball? I think once the NBA has a blueprint in place and they play in July and August, that will give college basketball a good idea of what they're up against as well. And then they'll have to take, you know, their uh, they'll have to take that blueprint and add it to, uh, you know, a couple extra personnel, fans, obviously, and all that. So that's where we stand with college sports. You know, my, the, the smaller college sports, uh, track and field, baseball, all these kinds of things, my understanding is many of them uh, outside of wrestling has been completely put on the back burner. Track, though, and field activities supposedly have started, opened up on several campuses, many campuses across the United States, and they're going to be back after it as well. But, um, so I guess it comes that it's really by a sport by sport basis. All right. We have one league left and it's our problem child. Every family has that problem child, doesn't it? Every family has the constant fuck up. And in American sports, it has become major league baseball. Major league baseball has become a problem. And I've talked about it on the SiriusXM show. I've sent some social media thoughts out in, in there as well. Baseball has, baseball has problems right now not related to the coronavirus. I did a, one of my first podcasts, the One Man's Opinion podcast here. We were, what's this, episode 18. My second episode was entitled, What's Wrong with Baseball? Right, I took a step back from being a fanboy of the game, which I am. I love baseball. Talked about my love of baseball and playing it on the last episode, episode 17, about my beginning in fantasy sports and Stratomatic and playing baseball my whole life. I love the game. But when you love something, whether it's a family member, wife, husband, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, whatever it may be, right? Whatever it, whatever it is you love, if you're not willing to be open and honest with that entity, then you're fooling yourself and you're doing that person, place or thing, whatever it may be. You're doing it 
and yourself a disservice. And for those who attacked me after I launched that episode of this podcast and I talked about it in serious, shame on all of you. Shame on all of you. Because if you love this sport so much, well, then you need to work to get it out back on track. We're in the middle of a we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of an outbreak of a virus that is as deadly as any that we've seen in over a hundred years, right? All of this is happening. What's the problem with Major League Baseball? Players and owners having a pissing contest over how much money each will get depending on how long the season goes. I'm appalled by it. I'm fucking appalled. I really am. I just baseball has had problems for so long. It is it is a sport rooted in a time in America when things were different. This is an, a game that was founded in the 1880s, right? And po- popularized in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. And we really haven't grown much since then. Sure, there's some new rules and innovations and things like that. But think about it. Think about the stupidity. Think of how long it took. It long it took for Jackie Robinson and then after Jackie Robinson to be in uh, to uh, ha- have integrated locker rooms and clubhouses in Major League Baseball. You guys realize there are baseball teams that didn't have a single minority on the roster until the 1960s. 60s aren't that long ago, folks. I mean, this there's been problems. Ownership is a major problem. Players, though, are very uppity. Think of what the Astros, we just came off a season, which the Houston Astros, two seasons ago, and then Boston Red Sox next season, back-to-back World Series championship that had people banging on trash cans and electrical devices hooked up to players that they were overtly outwardly cheating the game. And the outcry was eh, it's bad, but we, we've had or a problem, a lopsided approach where teams, you know, 28 of the 30 MLB teams have uh, essentially been playing on one diamond one field if you will whereas the other two the red sox and yankees are playing on another the red sox and yankees are the only two teams it, it i love when their fans brag about it like it's some sort of accomplishment your red sox and yankees have more money than anybody and are willing to spend more money every other franchise in major league baseball everyone including the dodgers and the cubs who have a ton of money who have competed and won even in the last decade or two, even they have cried poor at different periods of time over the last 10, 20 years. Even they have cried poor. And as much as Marlins have bought up, we see teams occasionally make a big splurge in free agency and buy up talent. But as soon as anything goes wrong, they immediately just jettison all that talent, shed payroll. They hope the, the whole trick is they create excitement around a free agent signing or a player or something. Get sell as many season tickets as they possibly can, up their ticket prices, up their concessions, up the parking, up, 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 everything. And then they gut the team. At, but the prices never go down. Never go down. Terrible. Tragic. And we all sit there and pay those prices. Cost four hundred to five hundred dollars to go to a game for my family, at least. Uh family of five. Yeah, it's about hundred bucks a piece. If you take in everything, parking and food and drink and everything. I don't even drink booze when I bring the family. I don't have any booze. I'll have a Coca-Cola, a nice coffee maybe or something while I'm there. Otherwise bottles of water for six, eight bucks, whatever it is. You know, I don't even drink when I go with the family, not to a sporting event. So it's, uh, it's bad news. It's been bad business. And now they're sitting here using the coronavirus to negotiate. You know, they're not getting enough money. Uh, people on Sirius XM, I've said, I'm not on the owner's side, but the players don't have any leverage. There's no leverage here because if the players want, what are they going to do? Not play? Okay. Who gives a shit? No offense, but you know, you got to know where your talent lies. And if not for Major League Baseball, um, where do, you know, most of these guys are in local carnival tents throwing a 
a round ball real fast for a dollar a pop. That's all they're doing. Oh, look at me. I could hit a round ball with a round bat. There's my skill, and here's what I could do. Here, pay me a dollar to do it. All right, you make 60 bucks a day. You know what I mean? And meanwhile, there's other major league players making $32, $35 million a year. Without Major League Baseball, the whole, you don't get paid. Your skills don't translate anywhere else. There's nowhere else you go that Major League Baseball players' skills are useful. So you don't have the power right now. Take the 50% cut. Make the game great. Sit out some other time, not during the middle of a pandemic, where every other sport, I just listed, what, 14 different organizations that are all coming back basically around the same time. Nobody will even miss you, baseball. Nobody's even going to miss baseball. I will because I'm a fan. Some, those of us who draft the fancy baseball teams might. But we don't give a shit. We're not going to care. Not of hockey, basketball, soccer, golf, NASCAR, football, UFC, college sports. It's not going to matter that baseball's back or not. And what do you think happens in 2021? Major league players want their salaries. They think because they signed a contract, which by the way, contract is null and void because of the virus pandemics is clause in every major league contract that a worldwide pandemic shortening of the season, you know, act of God, as they would say, uh, completely freeze ownership of their commitment to the players. So there is no real commitment left. It's a matter of negotiating where we go from here. And remember what I told all of you? Remember, start of the show, I said, be a fucking adult. Be a human effing being. MLB owners and players union simply have, have shown time and 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 time again that they're absolutely incapable of doing so, being human beings. They can't do it. Greed is run amok. The players want the owners to open their books. Why? Of course the owners make a lot of money. Of course the owners are making more money than they say. What? But what is it to you? Why does it matter to them? The players need to negotiate contracts based on their skills. The idea that the owners owe you something, because again, without the owners, without Major League Baseball, players are at a carnival somewhere without major league baseball, these owners are in other industries wielding their money there, whether it's other sport, you could own Jerry Reinsdorf owns the Chicago white Sox, also owns Chicago bulls. So he'll just go buy the Blackhawks next. Like whatever I go, oh, okay, no baseball. Cool. I'll buy the bears or I'll buy, you know, I'll just go buy somebody else or, uh, you know, instead of this business, I'll go to that business or, Whatever, I'm just going to be ultra, I'll just be ultra rich over here and it's going to have the same translation. Players go over there and they go from making $30 million to making a buck a swing. That's the bottom line. I hate that. It, I don't mean to be hateful or hurtful to the players, but it's just like me. If nobody's there to listen, if there's nowhere there, if there's no forum, if there's no Sirius XM radio, right, th then if that doesn't exist and I don't honor that and they decide to pay me less, if I, I could take my skills and go somewhere else. If I can't take my skills, go somewhere else and do well and improve that, of course Sirius would get rid of me. Of course. Same with Elite Sports. Uh, my network of sites and everything. I'm a part owner of it, granted. I think I'm not a part owner because I'm a good looking guy, what well, we know that, or a nice guy. No, I'm good at my job and valuable at my job. That's why. Make yourself valuable. Then you have some power. Major League Baseball players have no power right now. And we are seeing an absolute gutting of the minor league baseball program as well. I like minor league baseball. I grew up, and Ted Schuster and I, uh, not necessarily growing up, but as later, we were season ticket holders, the Kane County Cougars, Midwest League, you know, went, saw tons of minor league baseball games. I was on the cover of the Kane County Cougars schedule. So like 1996-ish, somewhere in the early, maybe it was 94, I don't know, when Charles Johnson was on the cover. 
former catcher for the Marlins and eventually White Sox and other organizations as well. I was on the cover of that uh, of their uh, pocket schedule. It's a pretty cool little thing. So, um, but I love modern league like baseball, but it's not it's not needed. We never needed six to eight minor league teams per franchise. Now we're keeping the dream alive for a lot of people that have no earthly chance of ever playing major league baseball. And maybe that's nice and fun and all that, maybe, but it's not likely. And they didn't pay these guys jack squat anyway. They kept these guys in their prime earning years away from other careers and other industry uh, you know, on a dream and a whim so that they could exploit them. They could make a couple extra million dollars on the minor league programs. Well, the minor league baseball is not going to happen this year, no matter what. There's not going to be minor league baseball. And they've already jettisoned and terminated many, 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 many players. This was something that needed to happen years ago. They should have two minor league teams for each organization. There's no reason you need more. The best, make it. It's a single and a triple A or whatever you want, a double A and triple A, whatever. One and two. That's what you need. You don't need all these things. I understand what it does for local communities. I understand all of that. You can have that. We can have that. There's independent league baseball all over this country. All over. There's no reason we can't have that. As a matter of fact, if, what do you think is going to happen if major league players don't come to their senses and realize that they need to take the deal that's on, on the table? And take a 50% of the revenue and maximize contracts and play for a couple hundred thousand to a couple million this year in a much, much shorter season. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to bet you, I'll bet you anything that the owners will simply say, okay, you guys don't want to play, you're striking. That's what we're going to, that's the, the tune. We are starting this season on July 4th or whatever. And any minor league players, all of you who are now out of jobs, any of you want to play, we'll give you the same deal we would have given these players. And all of a sudden, guys who are making $2,000 a month to play minor league baseball and had to live in, you know, share housing and everything else, will all of a sudden be making $700,000 plus for the year. Do you really think they won't fill up 30 franchises worth of teams? Or let's say they don't even need 30, 15 or 16, 12, 12 even. You don't think you'll get that many players? I know you will. I know they will. They'll put the Red Sox, Yankee uniform on these guys, and they'll go out, and all of a sudden we'll have guys, somebody's going to hit 320. Somebody's going to strike out a ton of guys. Some team's going to win a bunch of games. We're going to enjoy this, the competition, the sport. And next thing you know, these guys will get the next opportunity. I sat through 81 in baseball, 87 in football, 94 in baseball, 2002 in baseball. I've sat through it. Replacement players in the football did that. They bought the replacement players in 1987. Holy shit. Scared the daylights out of the, the NFL players because people just marched on. They started, oh, cool. We'll watch Doug Williams and this Redskins team. Well, well, we'll watch the backup players in Dallas. We'll watch the backup players in Chicago. No problem. And then all the NFL players got freaked out and said, okay, we're going back to work. These guys are getting good ratings. These guys are making our money. That's, what, this is, that's what's going to happen. The owners aren't going to lose this. They're not going to be held submissive either by the players. Again, I, I wish this wasn't the case. I'm on the player's side. I gravitate toward them a thousand percent. But facts are facts. And Major League Baseball has got to do something. They, got, they need salary caps. They need less minor league games. They need to bring this game into, they need to make the game quicker and faster and stop the bullshit unwritten rule book and all this nonsense, right? They need to make this game a 21st century game. It's not that hard. It, it won't ruin the integrity of the game to make a universal designated here. Nobody wants to watch pitchers hit. There is no more strategy to watch a piece of crap player, you know, be replaced by a lesser piece of crap player. Like I said, if you want strategy, have a panda go up there and hit instead of a pitcher. At least a panda, like, well, was he going to maul the catcher? Is he going to eat the bat? 
Is it going to attack the pitch? At least the, you want to talk strategy. That's more strategy than a pitcher hitting. Is that fun? No, it's not fun. Stupid. So stop doing stupid things like having pitchers hit in baseball. Make these rules more 21st century like. Form your league like a 21st century league. If you don't, the owners will, and they'll do it without this current crop of major league players. So that's my urging to major league baseball. I want them to start the season. I want the players to be taken care of. I want them to get paid. But at a certain point, I am not going to feel bad that you only get $5 million to play a 60 to 80 game schedule. Whereas you would have gotten 20 million to pay or 25 million even to play 162. Is it sucked? You don't get 25 million. Yes. $5 million though, for the top end players, you're, you're 8 million. I think they could make up towards a 10, like the Mike Trouts of the world. You are still making more money than any human being on earth. And for those of us, that's 30 million people that had to take unemployment or payroll protection or whatever. I think a couple million dollars in the tank will be just fine. And then go get your contract next year when we play 162 games and you make your $20 million again. Everything will be fine. If not, well, we got a lot of other sports to pay attention to, don't we, everybody? Yes, we do. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. That's your update. The return of sports, by the way, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say no matter what sport you're into, no matter what form, if you, wanna, if you like betting on the games, if you like playing fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, you just want insight. You just want entertainment. You want to hear more about these games, these players, these leagues. The Elite Sports Network is where it is at. That comprises EliteFantasy.com, all things daily fantasy sports there. Day, a VIP subscription to Elite Fantasy runs you about $30 and includes every single sport I just talked about and the daily fantasy side of things. EliteSportsBetting.com, same exact setup except for sports betting. Everything you can, by the way, we also have our poker club that is included in that price and horse racing coverage, esports coverage. I didn't even talk about esports that's been going on this whole time. All of that is over at leadsportsbetting.com. And of course, fantasyguru.com. If there is a Major League Baseball season, nobody will be more prepared for it than we will be. Our 2020 Fantasy Baseball Redraft Guide, whether your league redrafts or doesn't, we've got the rankings, the projections, the waiver moves, the how to spend your free agent dollars, the player profiles, the league setups, what happens with next year's qualifications at certain positions, all that info in our redraft guide over at fantasyguru.com. And of course, while you're there, fantasy football, baby, the 2020 fantasy guru, fantasy football draft guide is unfurled on June 1st. We've already tipped you off. If you go to my Twitter account at Jeff underscore mans, you see the cover of the draft guide for 2020 Deandre Hopkins, Tom Brady. Why are they on the cover? It's been a hell of an off season, hasn't it, folks? That's right. We talk all about it from strength to schedules to projections and rankings and different schedules and formats and best ball fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football and daily fantasy football and everything you could possibly uh, live streams and podcasts. 50 fantasy football podcasts there as well. That's all available to you, fantasyguru.com. Use Radio 20. That's your discount code. There's never been a better time. We are not upping our prices because of any of the, the um, slow months that we've had over the coronavirus and the fact that so many sports are being played at once, NHL, NBA, usually well over by now. Nope. Getting it all for the lowest prices we've offered any single sport. That's our pledge to all you out there. Let's get sports back. Let's have some fun. Let's get after it. It's going to be one hell of a second half of the 2020 calendar year, everybody. That's going to do it for episode 18. You may disagree, folks, and that is totally fine. Why? Because this was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces! Deuces!